This is not a matter of your choice. As an employee retention plan, you need to have appreciation and recognition. Your team needs to hear it. You thinking it doesn't count. Helping business leaders grow themselves, their team, and their profits. This is Entree Leadership. Now, here's your host, Ken Coleman. Coming to you from the Music City, this is the broadcast of leaders, by leaders, for leaders. Thank you so much for joining the conversation. Here's what we've got coming up for you on this episode. Our very own Chris Hogan is going to be speaking to you. That's right. We're going to go to our Entree Leadership Master Series stage, and we're going to bring you a bit of his lesson on recognition and how important that is in the workplace. And then... Oh, she's our fearless leader, Sarah Sloyan. We'll be stopping by, having a conversation with our very own Entree Leadership Coach, Alex Judd, talking about developing relationships to drive results. So basically what I'm telling you is get ready to listen and get ready to learn. Here we go. Chris Hogan, you know him well if you've been listening to this program for any amount of time. But if you're new, he is one of our Ramsey personalities, multi-number one best-selling author of Retire Inspired and Everyday Millionaire. And we're going to take you to what I call our training camp event. If you're a football fan, you know that NFL has its training camp. And this is what I believe Entree Leadership Master Series is. I think it's the best training camp for leaders anywhere. It's a multi-day event. And we unveil the playbook, the philosophy, the methodology, how we call plays, why we call those plays. And it is an amazing event that I've been privileged to host and speak at. And we're going to give you a lesson on recognition, how wildly important it is for you, the leader, to understand the value in recognizing your team. Here's Chris Hogan from the Entree Leadership Master Series stage teaching on recognition. Recognition. So how do you do it? You know, can I tell you this? I feel like appreciation becomes a part of your employee retention plan. I told you it's hard to be hateful when you're grateful, right? So I feel like the gratitude, the outward showing of gratitude becomes part of your employee retention plan. This is how you keep people connected to the mission and vision of the business. And so, do you have a plan for recognition? A lot of you do. A lot of you are doing some things, and hopefully this lesson will help you tap in and think differently about some other ideas, uh, because I'm gonna tell you, it goes a long way. But it's a lot of money you spend to hire and train people. Well, let's what? Let's keep the good ones. Let's keep the great ones. Ken Blanchard said the last applause some people got was at their graduation. You thought about that? That's crazy. And for some of us, that's been a while. (laughs) Let's not have anybody on your team waiting that long for some applause. I've done some studies, and it says people need air to survive. Uh, Now, hold on. Y'all are like, oh, (laughs) Hogan and another epiphany, right? Pump the brakes, people. I hadn't explained it yet. It was George Adams, he's a psychologist, and he said, people need appreciation, inspiration, and recognition. Not oxygen. And I thought, what? To survive in the business world. Appreciation, inspiration, and recognition. You all, it was such an eye-opener for me, I put the acronym on my computer. AIR. Because just like we need AIR to survive, People need this in business to survive. This is what a leader needs to be providing people. Appreciation, inspiration, and recognition. I think it's really important. And so looking at this, we got to start to think. 
Yes, we've got to drive business and make things happen, but we also need to respect and appreciate the team along the way. So people are motivated and starving for a few things. I want to share with you. First one is acceptance. Yeah, they actually want to belong to something. That's why there's all these groups out there. You all know them, you hear about them. People want to be a part of something bigger than themselves, but they also want to be appreciated. There are more marriages hanging on by a thread because of the lack of appreciation. Just simple words. I'm amazed. Like, thank you. Right? Thank you. I had a recent, I've been traveling all over the place recently, and I was helping this lady put her bag up. (laughs) Pretty sure she was in construction because she had cinder blocks in there. Uh, (laughs) And she's a little bitty tiny thing, and I picked it up. I was like, good Lord. And I put it up there, right? She didn't say a word. Didn't say a word. This was a flight, a two-hour flight. I helped her. She didn't say thank you. She didn't acknowledge me. You all, I'd like to say I was a bigger person, okay? I didn't say anything, but I was mad. You know what? Because I was like, no, she didn't. This was my internal conversation. I was like, no, she didn't. Little chicken arm self. <laughs> I said it. I did. I was like, all she had to do was say thank you. It wouldn't have cost her much. And she was sitting right across from me. And I, sometimes during mid-flight, I would go like this. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I did. I, did. I had an attitude. I was sitting there. I was like, I can't believe the gall. And then you can imagine, ding, put your trays up, seat backs up. And I thought, oh, I bet she's going to look to me to help her. Ain't going to happen. Little bag just fall down on her. I don't know how she's going to get it down. <laughs> get a crane up in here to get this bag down. I pulled something in the back, trying to get it up. I was, had attitude, y'all. So we land, right? The little bell goes off, pop off my seatbelt like I'm a hostage being freed. Uh, and I stand up and she opens the little thing and she looks at me. And I looked at her. She goes, do you, do you, do you mind? No, I don't mind. So I get the bricks back down, set it down. And then she goes, hey, I'm sorry I didn't tell you thank you before. And this is where I lied. This is what I said. Oh, it ain't no big deal. (laughs) I did. I was like, oh, it ain't no big deal. Ain't no thing. Thinking to myself, my little feeling was hurt. You know, and got to talking with her. She's preoccupied. She was going to go check on her mom who wasn't doing well. And she goes, mom's going to have to go to an assisted living facility. And she goes, I don't know how I'm going to have this conversation with my mom. Oh, so my thank you wasn't really on the high priority list. She had some life going on. Do right because it's the right thing to do. Don't necessarily wait on the recognition and the appreciation. Sometimes people got some things going on a little bit bigger, right? And don't let that get in the way. And I'd like to say I didn't have attitude, but I did because it's not hard, right, a thank you. And she got around to it, but I'm telling you that so we all have those scenarios where we can tend to keep score. Be careful of scorekeeping. It's not, it's not, it's not healthy sometimes. Uh, people are also starving for affection. You know, we, you slap each other on the butt, dudes to dudes, in the locker room, right? <laughs> yeah, you don't do that in the office, right? Can't do that. But here's what I figured out. People... To me, it was, how do I take this sporting environment? I'm going to be honest with you all. This was what my thought was in grad school. 
my goal was to go into the FBI, right? And so that's how I'd live my life and I'd pass some of the tests and all that. And then I sat down with a mentor who was an agent and he started telling me the truth about the Bureau. And I was like, oh, he goes, yeah, you know, you may not know all the details of certain things, but you know, you just have to go. And I was like, I could feel the Lord just closing that door after 12 years of me living that way and being prepared for it. So I shifted and went into the business world. So my mindset was, is if I can create that sport environment in a business industry, dude, we could do some stuff, right? And it is that camaraderie aspect of people needing to do something to celebrate. I mean, we, you've seen it in sporting events. I've seen strangers hug because of a touchdown. You've seen it in, seriously, people that normally would not have talked to each other because of skin tone, hair color, whatever, you do it at a sporting event because everybody's wearing the same color. Oh, family. I had a dude kiss me on my cheek at a football game. <laughs> seriously, a touchdown happened, he grabbed me and he's like, oh dude, that's awesome. I was like, huh. So what camaraderie thing can go on in your office? High fives are permissible. Fist bumps are permissible. People want to feel a part of something. Like let them feel that, you know, that thing. Great job. Especially, it's so much more powerful coming from you when you tell them great job. I'm telling you, you want to give somebody an extra 25% boost, let you tell them great job. Like look them in their eye and say, hey, heard you over there, great job. Why? Because you're a noticer and you're an appreciator. Notice what I added to that, the second thing. So I want you to be a noticer just because you're connected and you're aware, and I want you to be an appreciator because you verbalize and you recognize people and the value they bring to your team. You can do that. Otherwise, you end up with this. I love this quote. How would you like a job where every time you make a mistake, a big red light goes on and 18,000 people boo? Can you imagine that? I mean, I, I've worked with a few goalies. I don't know how they do it, right? And my, my question to the person that I met and I'd worked with years ago when I was helping people on the money side, I go, dude, okay, number one, does that puck hurt? He was like, yes, that thing is humming, it hurts. I was like, okay, all right, I got another question before we get started. I said, how long does it take you to calm down after a game? He's like, at least four hours. I was like, really? I was like, do you like twitch in your sleep, like doing stuff? He goes, I have at times. And I was like, ah, interesting. But do you know us as leaders, when we shine a light on someone's error by continuing to bring it up, that's what we do here. That's that light and the booing. And I don't think we, we necessarily intend to do that or want to do that, but we have to be careful of that because that's how it can feel. To the point that when the person sees you, they're reliving their mistake, might mean that it's been talked about too much. See, that's why they are acting a little bit different when you come into the room because they're still holding on. Remember what I told you? Not only do I want you to let some stuff go, but they need to as well. And people can begin to once you go first. My friends, that's what leader means. It means you go first. And so help them with that, because we don't want to do that. This is pouring salt into the wound. And that's not something you want to do. My mama called me once, and I had all three boys. I said, Mama, these boys are driving me crazy. Mama Hogan said this. That's what they're supposed to do. I go, well, I appreciate that little tidbit. I don't know why you didn't tell me about 12 years ago, you know? What do you mean that's what they're supposed to do? She goes, Chris, course correction is part of your job. 
She goes, your job is to teach, guide, and repeat. That was Mama Hoga's wisdom. Teach, guide, and repeat. So guess what? Let me pass it on to you. Course correction is part of your job. So your job as a leader is to teach, guide, and repeat. And what I want you to do is to get smarter in how you do the repeat. But hear me, don't get frustrated in the repeat. The repeating is part of your job as a leader. If you didn't have to repeat, it means you're not needed. Now, what I want you to do is make sure you're not repeating the same thing over and over to the same people, right? Because you're bringing in new hires, so they need to hear you. So you got to be careful. So don't flatter or falsely compliment people. One of the biggest objections that I've heard about as I've jumped into all access and done some stuff is people feel like, Chris, I feel like I'm being fake. And I say, okay, well, hold on, because if by recognizing or appreciating people, I said, that's why I want you to remain authentically you. So do it in your way. Just mean what you're saying. And it's going to feel weird. When you go back and you start recognizing out loud and doing it more often, you're going to feel weird because it's new. Right? You've not done it before. It's not a muscle that has been flexed a lot. But once you start to do it and you start flexing, I'm telling you, it's going to come more natural. It's necessary, I guess is what I'm telling you. This is not a matter of your choice if you choose to do it. I'm saying, as an employee retention plan, you need to have appreciation and recognition. Your team needs to hear it. You thinking it doesn't count. That doesn't hit the scoreboard. You saying it, now it lands and it hits the mark. Look for opportunities to brag on people. Just look for them. You know, the people do a great job. Talk about it. Send notes of appreciation. I'm going to tell you something. A plumber from Kentucky was one of my mentors when I was in high school. Uh, he had been a plumber for like 30-something years. That man taught me more about business in my summer of mentoring with him than I learned in, in anything in grad school. I'm going to tell you. He taught me that. Thank you notes. He said, Chris, be a person that appreciates people. He goes, just take time, send a note. And I was like, okay. I rolled my eyes. I was like, send a note. You know, it's like, what is that? You know, he goes, I'm serious. If you learn one thing from me, send a note. I said, yes, sir. All right. We talked and went on. And it was one of those things, you know, I filed it away because I had other important things to do. And then it dawned on me back when I got into college and I was like, huh, notes. So I bought a little $10 pack, $5 pack of thank you notes and just did that, you know, uh, as I met people. And, as, and it became one of these things where it actually became a habit, a good kind of habit. To the point that when I got to Ramsey Solutions, we we're going by Lampo at that time, or Ramsey Solutions, it was something I was naturally doing. I just, that's what I do. It's what I do in my first 10 minutes of the day, is I'm trying to find people to appreciate and just tell them thank you, right? And it doesn't take long, right? I mean, you don't, I don't, I'm just saying thank you and I appreciate you or whatever. But what I found was, is it surprised me, people didn't throw these away. They held on to them. Some of them posted them. Congratulations on becoming a grandparent. Congratulations on running a marathon. Hashtag, because I ain't doing it. Uh, just various reasons, you know, various reasons, various reasons. But it's not disposable, it's perpetual. And people hold on to it. I'm going to tell you something, I do. People send me notes, I hold on to them. I have a box of them. You know what, I go back and read them. When things get tough, when I get a little frustrated or get a little tired, I go back and read those notes and I go, boy, it gives me some fuel. Imagine how your vendor would feel to get a note. And so do that. And listen. You want to really, really do something? Send a note to a spouse bragging on a team member. Hey, just wanted to let you know, Carol did a fantastic job this month. She was the sales leader. Boom. 
drop it in the mail, it lands at the house on a Saturday. After a long, hard week that she's had, and the husband gets a note bragging on her from the leader? <laughs> yeah. Remember what I told you. You hired one, but you get the other. Well, let's get them both in the boat, right? So now, is Carol's husband going to have a hard time giving her grief when she works a little bit late just because of a peak season? Mm-mm. Spouse knows she's appreciated. Gratitude, it can go a long way. The most effective recognition is when someone isn't expecting it. Amy Lorton is one of the writers for Entree. She is a rock star. She's one of my favorite people in the company. I love working with her. I was at a restaurant after church with my family, and she was over with her mom and dad. And I saw her over there. She hadn't seen me, and I was like, oh, I'm going to stop by and meet the parents, right? And so I get done. I go over, bring my gang over, and introduce, meet mom and dad. And so before we left, I said, hey, I just want to let y'all know, Amy's a rock star. I go, she's amazing. I said, I love working with her. Get a chance to interact with her on several projects. She's always a nice attitude, focused. She makes things happen. I said, hey, y'all did a great job raising this one, right? Shook their hands and rolled off. I'm going to tell you something. To this day, if I see Amy, you know what she does? She does this. Hi, Hogan. <laughs> you know why? I, number one, it's her. It's who she is. It's not because of that interaction. That was four years ago, people. And you know what? I think about it. I see her and I go, I still feel the same today as I did four years ago. And we tell them. So I'm saying this, having that awareness, don't withhold that compliment from somebody, right? Mama Hogan came up after I'd been here a while and she was out. I was taking her to lunch and she came in and Dave came out, saw her and they were talking. Well, I come off the elevator and I see them talking and I waited, you know, to let them have their time. And I see Mama smile. I've rarely ever seen all her teeth, but I saw them right then. And so they get done. I come over and talk and we'll take mom to lunch. I said, hey, what were you and Dave talking about? My mom has an extremely dry sense of humor. She said, you? There was no comma at the end of that. She was done, right? And I said, well, what did he say? She said, oh, he said, you're all right. <laughs> that was it. That's all she told me. I let it go. You know why? Because I know my mom. I know seeing all them teeth, there was more than that said. And I didn't need to hear it because I could see it in her expression. I want you to help things land like that with your team. Help them to feel good. Recognition matters most when the praise comes in front of people that are significant to that person. So in a grocery store, in a restaurant, look for those opportunities and do them, you know. Not just think it, I want you to act on it because it's really important. And recognition doesn't have to be expensive. Right? It really doesn't. I mean, I, you can give people, you know, a, a gift card. I told you. I had team members that were making very good money lose their mind over a $20 gift card. It wasn't the amount. It was the winning. And I'm going to give you something else weird. Some of you hold on to your pants here with this next slide. Do the occasional $50 handshake. I told a friend this who has a business out in Seattle. He goes, uh, Chris, what GL code does this come out of? <laughs> Dude, it's not a GL code. It's called hashtag your wallet. <laughs> yeah, he was trying to get all technical. I was like, dude, don't give me that. Go get three, $400 out and once a week walk around and give somebody a $50, $100 handshake. Yeah, just because. Don't get technical. You know how much you make. That $300 ain't going to mean anything to you. Right? And so that mindset of shifting. And I, I had a guy working on my team. He and his wife were expecting their third child. 
and they didn't have any family around. And I knew it had been tough. And he'd worked his tail off. He'd been helping to train and do stuff. So I came up and I gave him $100. I said, hey, Jay, take your wife out to dinner and to a movie. He was like, really? I go, yeah. He goes, dude, you don't know. You don't have to do this. I said, I know, I don't. I said, just take your wife out, dinner and a movie. It's on me. I said, go have fun. He goes, that's awesome. And he goes, all right, man, cool. And he looked at it and he folded and put it in his pocket. I know Jay, okay? Jay's money motivated. So I had to do something. I said, hey, Jay. I said, I'm going to ask your wife where you took her to eat. <laughs> he did this. Damn. All right. Because I know him. He was going to go do something, right? So anyway, they go, he takes her out. Uh, they go to dinner and movie, blah, blah, blah. He comes back the Monday. He goes, dude, thank you so much. He goes, it was, we needed that. He said, we just, we needed to be intentional like that. My wife said, thank you. I said, well, dude, tell her it's great. You know, no big deal. This is like in July. Two weeks later, I get a letter from her. It's like three pages long, thanking me for that right? And I mean, it was, it was like, seriously, you know, we don't have family and Jay talks about you like you're part of our family and you treat him well and we appreciate, you know, and it was just, I was like, good grief. You mean a C note got me this? hundred dollars? Got me this? To the point where in December when we had a Christmas party, she came up to me, gave me a big old hug. She goes, I'll never forget what you did for us. I'd forgot. I was like, what did, what did I do? She goes, oh, quit being silly. I was like, uh-huh. I did. I'm serious. I moved on. I was like, Jay, what did I do? She goes, dude, she's still talking about that dinner and movie. I go, you got to be kidding me. So that was an eye opener. So if you are one of them detail people, don't get caught up in the, the GL code and just start off with 50. And it doesn't need, everybody doesn't need to see you do it. Just come up, slide an envelope on someone's desk, right? With a just quick note and don't stay there long. It's just crazy what happens in the atmosphere. We've been known to give out uh, movie tickets, just small things, gratitude. I take this recognition stuff serious. And so what I want you to do is to really think about what are some ways that you could recognize your team? What are 10 things you could do to let your team members know they're doing a great job? 10 things, and I've told you a bunch. Thank you note, gift cards, and I'm gonna stop right there. What are some other things you can do? Because these are tangible things that help your team know that you appreciate them, but it also is part of your employee retention. Big thanks to Chris Hogan for that talk and for our team for getting that teed up for you. Let's lead right into our Entree Leadership resource because it fits in beautifully with what you just heard Chris teach on. This resource is entitled 43 Ways to Recognize Your Team. More than a third of Americans are actively looking for a new job. Nearly 50% cite the lack of recognition as one of the main reasons for their unhappiness. Here's another piece of data. We know from multiple HR studies that people would rather be publicly recognized than get a raise. Now, folks, that is unbelievable. The attaboy, girl at the right time can go a long way. And so we've got this great resource here to give you multiple ways. So we're going to do the thinking for you. You don't even have to be creative. All you got to do is download this resource and actually practice it. So we talked about the importance of acceptance, approval, appreciation, attention, and affection. How about 43 ways? You're going to look like a genius leader of the year, and we won't tell anybody that we did all the work for you, that we've just given you ideas. So go get it. Why wouldn't you do this? Text the word RECOGNIZE to 33444. 
That's 33444. Text the word recognize to 33444, or you can click the link in this episode's show notes. Go get it and start recognizing people today. All right, uh, coming up next, Alex Judd joins me in studio. He is one of our Entree Leadership coaches and the host of the Entree Leadership Master Series, as well as Summit and our other Entree Leadership events. He's been contributing here on the program for a while. And Alex, this is fun because we got you with Sarah Sloyan, and I love this topic. We talked about it at the top of the program, this idea of relationships and how important they are for a leader to be driving results within the organization. Yeah, you said that so perfectly. And that's one of the things that in being here, being a team member here at Ramsey Solutions, I've seen Sarah do so well. We work with business owners around the country, and we know that if they're not careful, they'll get the results, they'll climb the mountain, but in doing so, they will sacrifice relationships, and they'll look behind them, and there's no longer anyone there. Sarah has done this incredibly effectively because she's gotten the results. The team is winning. We're breaking goals, it seems like, every month and every quarter, but she hasn't sacrificed relationships. Let me ask you. What would you say is one of her greatest relational skills? Having followed her, you still follow her, you see her lead, not from this interview, but what you observe. What do you think one of her greatest relational skills is? Yeah, you'll hear me talk about this a little bit in the interview. I'll never forget, I sat down with her for breakfast once and she told me, Alex, you need to treat people exceptionally well. Not as a technique, not as a tool, not as a practice or a principle, but just because it's the right thing to do. And I honestly believe that's the secret to her success. And so she's kind of opening her playbook right now and going to say, here's how you actually get to that point where you can do that with your team. We just heard Chris Hogan talk all about the topic of recognition and why that's so important in keeping and inspiring team members on your team. This is something that I feel like it is your reputation within <laughs> Ramsey Solutions. Entree Leadership is known for having a culture that values recognition, and partially that's because it's so important to you. So explain to the people listening today, why is recognition so important to you personally? Yeah, I have always been wired to be very relational. I love to hear how people are and what's going on with them and kind of understand their vibe each day. And I just think everybody likes to be seen and known. And mm -hmm. so it has been one of the things I feel like our area has been really great at recognizing and really seeing other people and understanding what's going on with them. Yeah. And so explain that a little bit, because I think, especially in the lesson we just heard from Chris, he talks a lot about the formal side of recognition, making sure that you've got a rhythmic way of celebrating people and you're doing that regularly as a team. One of the things that stands out about your leadership is that you recognize in a very personal way. Tell us a little bit about what that looks like and why that's important. My favorite ways to recognize people are the completely unexpected ways. I think I've always enjoyed surprising and delighting people. Like there's nothing that makes me happier than someone just feeling like a little kid on Christmas and kind of getting giddy, like this unexpected joy. Now, it is funny because I get a little awkward. Like, I don't <laughs> like to be there when they get it. Like, I don't want them to, they don't need to reach back. Like, you know. Good to know. These yeah, are good notes. No. Like, I just like to, like, leave it and run. Okay, so one of the things, and I think it's a principle that stands out about why recognition has become so effective in our office, is that you really focus on 
acknowledging the specific person and what they like. So explain a little bit about what that looks like individually and why that's important. Well, it probably came from leading the sales team for a few years. Mm -hmm. I started to really understand, just like if you're a parent, you understand that you have to parent each child differently based on their needs and how they're wired. I mean, team members are like that also. So Mm -hmm. I was leading the sales team for several years and I started to realize some people really love bragging rights. They want to have the trophy that literally, we have this trophy, you remember, that goes from the desk and touches the ceiling. It has been retired for this period because we're working in some new things, but some people love that. Some people, where I get the most bang for my buck is I will buy them a date night for them to take their wife out on a date. So Mm. we'll do like a movie and dinner package, gift cards, and write them this note. And then we get these brownie points, but they deserve that recognition. They've worked so hard. They deserve to feel seen and known and have that kind of respite. And so you have to kind of figure out what is it that means the most to each person. Some people are really big on quality time. If you think about the love language, some people are gifts and some people are quality time. If you haven't read the five love languages, it's an amazing book, not just for relationships and spouses, but also for when you think about your team and your children too. So some people are quality time. So when you think about my kids, um, my oldest is all about quality time. Mm-hmm. Like she would way rather that we have go get our nails done for an hour than me buy her a, you know, mega stuffed dollhouse. You <laughs> she know? wants time. She wants time. And wow. so think about that with the team members and go, what is it that makes them feel good and makes them feel seen and heard and known and celebrated? And let's do it in their language. It isn't about what I think is fun. And I think this is where a lot of leaders make mistakes as they Mm go, well, just bring the ice cream truck out. It's like, "Eh, that's nice. But and I think everybody for that moment is like, oh, great ice cream. But there's not necessarily this lasting impression of this really spoke to me and my heart. And that's, I think, where we're trying to get to. For the record, ice cream always speaks to my heart. From but the I guy know who that- ate three Mickey Mouse ice creams right. in like an hour span at, at Disney <laughs> World, but I can that, attest. But that yes. isn't everyone. Not yes. everyone is me, is Well, what and saying. I think you love ice cream if it was customized to you. But if we just get it for the whole team, it's like, okay, that's exciting, but it doesn't make the impact right. unless it's personal. Okay. Sticking on that personal level, what I love about that idea too, and kind of how that's manifest itself within our organization is recognition is something that you don't have to be the CEO. You don't have to be the owner. You don't even have to be a manager. It kind of hits all levels of the org chart. And that's this podcast audience. I think it has to. So here's what I've realized. We now have 60 team members. When I started, there were seven of us on the Entree team. Now there's 60. If we all relied on me to recognize everybody. Okay, so let's do the math. That's 60 birthday cards. That's 60 lampoversary cards. You can't do it. Let's add in how many people have babies, how many people have tough times, have their PR in sales. That would be your full-time job and you'd that be working overtime. Is a full-time job. And so if I don't pass that along to our team and kind of go, hey, we are a tribe within ourselves. We need to love on each other. Let's make each other feel recognized and loved. And there's stuff that I just don't see anymore. When we have a designer that creates this incredible work for our Entree University course that we're launching, I don't necessarily know everything that's gone into that. But you got, you know, we have visibility because we work with does. them. Yeah. Yes. And so I think that's a really important thing. I've, I've, it's funny. I'm known for these confetti cannons, <laughs> which I feel like we buy in bulk from somewhere. Yeah, that's part of your personal uh, brand. That's part of my confetti. personal brand. Okay. But let's be honest. I have not purchased or shot off a confetti cannon in probably three years. Hmm. That's good. You've scaled confetti. 
I mean, everyone else does it. And I'm like, I don't even know how I got this label. Like, I don't even do this anymore. <laughs> but our team has just taken up the chant and they've embraced the idea of celebrating people. So when a new salesperson has his or her first sale, mm-hmm. when you know, these things where it's like it could get lost in the shuffle. But, okay, you hire a sales team person. It's a lot of pressure, right? Can I do this? I've maybe moved my family. He has his first sale in that first week. And most companies would be like, great job. That was awesome. But you shoot off a confetti cannon and everyone rallies and cheers. You know what that person does? They call their family that night and go, guess what happened today? Mm. I had my first sale. And guess what happened when I had my first sale? The whole team celebrated with me. Now that's amazing. That impacts someone's life. Yes. And and that's the tone. And then they look for opportunities to pass that on to other people. I love that. And I think that really gets to the idea that recognition is maybe a small piece of a bigger puzzle that makes every organization thrive, and that's trust. Yes. You've said it on this podcast. You say it over and over again. Organizations move at the speed of trust. Unpack that a little bit. Tell us what that actually means. Yeah. I think that Stephen M. R. Covey even wrote a book about this, but it's the whole concept that when we have a relationship and trust each other, things are going to always go funny, right? Like in business things, there's always something that goes a little weird and you're like, why did that happen? Why did that person not do that thing? But when we have a relationship and we have high trust, I always start with the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, oh man, I bet Alex, you know, was super busy that day or this emergency thing popped up and so it fell off. Oh, uh, so you assume the best about I people. I assume the best. Yes. And expect that they do the same thing. And the reality is we should always assume the best. But you just have more empathy. You have more understanding. You're willing to kind of go at it and go, this is an anomaly, right? I know that person's heart, and this is an anomaly with the way that they work. Whereas if you don't have trust with someone, let's say there's someone, they're always a jerk in your office. You know, they forget something. You're like, yep. There's that jerk. I knew he was a jerk. You know, you just, it reaffirms what you already thought. In you your will head. find what you're looking for yes. in that way. Yes. And so we can run so much faster when I trust our team. Think about when um, a football team is getting ready for a Super Bowl. They have to all trust each other and know the quarterback's going to throw that ball. And when he throws that ball, he knows that person's going to be in that pocket. And like, Otherwise, it slows everything down because you're overthinking it. You're like, are they going to do, do I need to over communicate that? You know, I can't do my job and think about you having to do your job as well. We just all need to trust that we're going to do our job. Think about if you could take for granted that everyone is going to operate with excellence and everyone is going to work and care as hard as you do. Think about how much faster your organization runs. That's a pretty powerful place. Okay, so related to that, I know you do one-on-one mentor sessions at our Master Series event. You sit down with business owners, business leaders, and you coach them. Does this trust idea impact those conversations and those questions a lot? Yes. Okay, and tell us about that. And half of our audience is family businesses. And so what is so fascinating, let's talk about, I mean, it impacts everybody. But when I look at our family business people, especially, you would think that, oh, they're family. Of course, they have high trust. No, you can't (laughs) take that for granted. Mm. There's things that leak. If your relationship is unhealthy and you don't have trust relationally, that does spill over into your work. So if you are a married couple or if you are a parent, I had um, one group that I was meeting with and it was two grown men and they're mother and father. And the mother and father were probably in their 70s. So you can do the math. These people were all grown. And they were all working in the business. And they were all working in the business. Wow. So we're breaking down the problems that they're seeing. And I'm thinking they are approaching this like these are business issues when these are relational trust issues. There was a son that felt like his father had never told him before that he was proud of him in his entire life. And that he liked his brother more. 
You're playing the role of counselor at that oh, point. Oh, yeah, I was way in over my head. I was like, okay, uh, here we go. We're going to buckle up. But I think that gets to the point. It's that, oh, we're family. Of course we yes. trust each other. One of the things you tell our team over and over again is that trust is intentionally built. And you even have steps that you tell us you have to walk through to actually create trust. Yes. Walk our audience through what those steps okay, are. Okay, so this is our genius HR director, Armando, told me this once. And it is the perfect way to explain this. Because when you think about trust, there is, do I trust you as a person? Person. Like, do I trust your integrity, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's, do I trust your competency? And people can get very offended when you say, I don't trust you because they assume that you mean, I have lots of integrity. I would never do, but that's not always what people are saying. Mm-hmm. I don't trust your competency that you're going to be able to perform at the level that you have committed to performing. Mm-hmm. It's not because you don't want to. It's because I don't know that you have the capacity to do that. So when I talk through this with our team, you know, everybody wants to influence everything. They want to be involved in certain decisions. They want to influence their peers to do things a certain way or influence the business to go a certain direction. Well, before you get to influence, let's talk about the first step is you have to build rapport. That's People step actually, one. Yes, step one. People have to actually like working with you. <laughs> Shocking. I know, but we never talk about it. It's like, well, I don't, yes, people have to like working with you. If they don't like working with you, you're never going to influence them. There's never going to be trust. So what are just the base level things that regardless of how long you've been in an organization, you should be doing all the time to make sure you're maximizing likability? Okay. I'm just going to tell you my, my number one cheat in life. Okay. It's ask questions. Ask questions, be genuinely curious, and understand what other people are thinking, knowing where they're at emotionally, what's going on with them. All of that context helps you put together the puzzle of how to create a win-win in every situation. But if you start with what you just want to tell that person, you're not building rapport. At all. You're just waiting to talk. Mm-hmm. Okay, so build rapport is step number one. You have to be likable. People have to like working with you. Otherwise, they'll start working around you. All right, step number two is credibility. Okay. Rapport, credibility. Yeah. Just be good at your freaking job. <laughs> I mean, it's like, <laughs> Tweet that. Hello. Just be good yes. at your freaking I'm, job. I'm full of it today. Today, it's like, <laughs> make people like you. Yeah. Be good at your job. Yeah. I'm not teaching rocket science here. It's just, <laughs> it's just what it is. Like, you have got to do a really great job at the responsibilities in front of you. You have to be excellent in the small things so that you can be given bigger things. We hear this concept, but we forget that that's how you get to influence. If you are just constantly thinking about, What's that next bigger, brighter, shinier, more visible thing? But meanwhile, I'm not actually making any sales. Or meanwhile, I'm not actually being productive on my mastermind calls for my clients. I really don't care what you have to say. Because if you haven't figured out a way to win in the responsibilities that you've first taken on, why would I have any confidence that you could reach to that next level and and mm. crush it at the next level of responsibility. So these are truly the prerequisites to earning people's trust. Absolutely. And that happens from above or below on the org chart, whether you're the leader or not. Oh my gosh, I think that's the biggest misconception. You get hired into a new role, or let's say you get promoted above your peers, and you think, I now have this positional authority, my title says director, so you will listen to me because I am automatically smarter. It's such a joke. Yeah, and it's certainly not sustainable either. No, I have a gun on the table and I'm going to make you listen to me. That's what you're saying in that moment. Yes. Do you think anyone, how long is that going to last? Yeah, maybe and for a day. And people are going to be pissed. Yeah. I, you know? Well, that's the day that I'm going to submit my resume to other places. Yes, it's anarchy at that point. I'm mm-hmm. either going to stay but be resentful of you, or I'm going to leave. 
Yeah. Speak to the idea because you can build rapport for a day and you can listen to a podcast and be good at your freaking job for a day. But I think it seems like one of the things that you preach over and over and over again around here is that consistency. Amen. Consistency. (laughs) Anybody can do it for a day. I will believe you when you do it for six weeks straight. I will be like, okay, maybe they're turning a corner. And this is where I love when you build a scorecard for someone and you're working on these areas, this is where I love giving them a number. Mm. So you say, okay, here are the expectations I have from you. Can we agree that those are reasonable expectations? Here's a description of exactly what that means. Because sometimes we can define those differently. Mm -hmm. And then I like to give them a, here's a one through 10. Because what happens is somebody's going, man, I've grown so much in this thing. Why are you not seeing that? When it's like, okay, dude, minimally acceptable was an eight. You grew from a two to a five. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. (laughs) So I appreciate your effort and I'm encouraging you and we're like making big strides, but let's not pretend that you are now our star pupil. Mm, I love that. You and I sat down for breakfast. It was probably a year and a half ago, and it was a little bit of a coaching conversation for me from you. And I'll never forget the the statement you told me. You said, Alex, you need to just treat people exceptionally well, not because it's a technique, not because it's an agenda item, but because it's the right thing to do. So that's what I love about your approach is that you don't do these things because it's going to help the organization move ahead or help you move ahead. Explain to our audience what the proper heart to come at this with is. Yes, I, I'm not doing this to manipulate people. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a category like a psychopath, and that's when people <laughs> manipulate to get to a meeting. Just so, turning knobs, yes, yeah. Yes, I think when you truly and genuinely love people, there are lots of benefits that come from that. You're able to have honest conversations, and they know that you have their best interest at heart, and they also leave more fulfilled. Like, I want to leave people, who said this the other day, leave people better than how you found them. Was it Clay Scroggins talking about I, that? I don't know who it was, but it's pretty oh, good. So we'll just attribute so it to good. you. <laughs> yeah, no, I wish I could take credit for that. I just like to take all these smart things and apply it. But I just thought, wow, what a statement. Leave people better than you found them. Mm. Wouldn't it be amazing if at the end of the day, our team members went home and their spouse, every day, you know, their spouse says, how was your day today? And if they could say, man, you know, I had some tough things happen, but it was a great day. Mm. The team rallied around me. They helped me with these things. That person's having a hard time. So I jumped in and helped them. Wouldn't that be a great way to end our day every day? That's transformational. That's huge. Okay, I'm going to ask you to put Coach Sarah hat on Uh-oh. before we close this and, <laughs> and talk directly to our audience. What's one action item you're going to challenge them to do out of hearing this conversation today? One thing they can do today to actually apply what you're talking about. Well, I love to write down those stair steps. So first it's build rapport. Mm-hmm. Then it's build credibility. Then you get to trust. And then after that, you can influence people. So write them down. I would write them down. I usually write them down in a stair step and then identify... Where are you in that process with XYZ? Think about whether it's a person or a project that you're working on with a team of people. Where are you hitting a lid? Which of those steps is it? And then what are you going to do about it? What's the first step to overcoming that stair and getting to the next stair step? I love that. Well, uh, that's your challenge. You know what you're doing. Uh, Hit us up on social media if you've done it. We want to see the picture of the stair steps and we want to know what you're going to do about it. Sarah, thank you so much for your time. I learned a lot. I know our audience did as well. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Well, there you have it. Business moves at the speed of trust. Thanks so much, Sarah. Hey, Ken talked about this at the beginning of the program and I want to make sure you get everything you need to know. The Entree Leadership 
Master Series. It is our training camp. It is the most tactical thing we do. This year, it's coming up November 3rd through 7th, 2019. It's going to be here in Nashville, but you get to come visit our campus. This year, we've expanded it to 650 business owners, but here's the deal. This event always sells out, and there's no question that will happen this year. Chris Hogan, Dave Ramsey, Donald Miller, the author of Building a Story Brand, and your very own Ken Coleman. They're all going to be there. So we've got a special offer if you're listening to this podcast, $500 off a standard ticket, or you can also claim a free half-day family business session taught by Dave Ramsey himself. If you want to register for this event or make sure you're qualified, text EMS 2019 to 33444. Again, it's EMS 2019 to 33444. Click the link in our show notes, and I cannot wait to see you here in Nashville. It's going to be fun. You'll be hosting that event, and you did a massively impressive job your first time out there. I think it helps that you've coached a lot of these folks that actually show up at the event, and I think that's made it so familial. And this is really a unique event because we find, Alex, that so many of these men and women that are there, they know each other from past Entree Leadership events, and they may meet each other for the first time. But even though they're in different industries, the challenges are the same. And we feel a special family kind of atmosphere at these events. Yeah, there's something powerful that happens when you have like-minded people that are all committing to taking action on the things they care about. It's one of my favorite things we do. It is a lot of fun. Hope to see you there. Well, that's going to do it, folks. So on behalf of the entire Entree Leadership Team, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk with you again very soon. Hey folks, I want to make sure that you're aware that we have other great podcasts from Ramsey Solutions. Here's a sample of The Chris Hogan Show. I am so excited to be able to talk to you all week in and week out. We're going to talk about your money, your life, your dreams, and your goals. You know why? Because I'm your coach. Whether we're talking about building wealth, paying off your home early, investing, paying for college, and guess what? How to become an everyday millionaire. We're going to focus on taking your calls because you matter to me. Together, we can do this. This is The Chris Hogan Show. If you'd like to hear full episodes, just search The Chris Hogan Show in Apple Podcasts or go to chrishogan360.com.